Hey, everybody, get ready for an informative episode from Parents' Rights in Education. I'm Suzanne Gallagher, and I'm looking forward to our time together. We stand and defend the fundamental rights of all parents to raise their children and firmly believe children belong to their families, not the state, not the teachers, the teachers' union, or any other bureaucrat. I invite you to visit our website, parentsrightsined.org. Sign up to receive our news alerts. Like our Facebook page. Join or form a Parents' Rights and Education affiliate chapter. Making your voice heard is always easier with others. Just grab a couple friends and you're there. We will help with training, information, branding, and contact referrals. Let's start a Facebook group for you. Submit the chapter inquiry form on our website, parentsrightsined.org. Great to be with you again today. I want to continue uh, our analysis, I guess, if you would, of some of the Oregon revised statutes that are on the books that are totally ignored, totally ignored. And if you don't live in Oregon, that's cool. You know, uh, you probably got the same thing going on in your state. I bet if you do some research, go, go, just Google it, Google it for your state. These same statutes, not the same numbers, but just put in the intent of the statute and see what you can find out about what's happening in your state. I bet you, I'll bet, I'll bet you a t-shirt that this is happening in your state as well. So uh, one reason that we are so excited about uh, these discoveries is that we are mentoring our new conservative school board members who want to reverse this trend. They want to establish policies that promote the ideals that we share. For example, respect for parents, love of country, knowledge of our United States Constitution, and of course, your state constitution. These and many other things are being ignored by our school systems. Do they know that they are going against state statute? Well, maybe. But most of the school board members who are on the boards now really have no idea what that is. So we need to help them out. Here's one that you might find really (laughs) appalling. It is titled ORS, Oregon Revised Statute 326.327. Agreement by superintendent to ensure availability of instruction of Chinese language. The superintendent of public instruction is authorized to enter into an agreement with another nation or public agency of another nation under ORS 190.485, authority of state agency to exercise authority jointly with nation or national agency of other than United States. For the purpose of ensuring that the instruction of the Mandarin dialect of the Chinese language is available to the public school students of this state 
by facilitating the placement of teachers in public schools who fluently speak Mandarin dialect of the Chinese language. Now, I don't know about you, but that <laughs> kind of gives me chills. I mean, creepy chills. I'm not happy about using our tax dollars for this purpose. And what we have to keep in mind, you guys, is that a lot of the controversial uh, subjects that are taught now to our children are completely unnecessary because the information contained therein, such as comprehensive sexuality education, is available on the internet or in book form to all of our students. It's, it's not impossible for their parents or their families to find appropriate instructional materials on how to talk to your kids about sexuality. And when the parents do that, they will frame the information within the context of the, their value system, their family value system. Unfortunately, as we know, the public school system states that what they're teaching is value-free. They don't share any values. But not sharing values, and I would put that term in quotes, values, they really are sharing values, aren't they? They're sharing values that perhaps you and I and parents don't share. So teaching Mandarin Chinese, foreign language, would you say? Mandarin Chinese? Now that sounds like a language that someone may take at the college level. It's very difficult to learn Chinese. It's difficult to learn Japanese. The Romance languages are pretty easy for kids to pick up, like French and Spanish, but not Chinese. Okay, let's take a look at one of these other ORS laws pertaining to school boards. Oregon Revised Statute 336.035, Required Courses of Study. Supplemental courses, district courses, courses concerning sexually transmitted diseases. Here we go. Item one. The district school board shall see that the courses of study prescribed by law and by the rules of the State Board of Education are carried out. The school district board may establish supplemental courses. The school district board may establish supplemental courses that are not inconsistent with the prescribed courses and may adopt courses of study in lieu of state courses of study upon approval by the superintendent of public instruction. They used a double negative there, which makes it difficult to understand. So they said are not inconsistent. That means are consistent with the prescribed courses and may adopt courses of study in lieu of state courses of study upon approval by the superintendent of public instruction. Uh, that particular law 
basically uh, trumps or goes against the school board's decision to select outside curriculums, doesn't it? Item number two, this is interesting, parent notification. Any district school board may establish a course of education concerning sexually transmitted infections, including recognition of causes, sources, and symptoms, and the availability of diagnostic and treatment centers. Any such course established may be taught to adults from the community served by the individual schools, as well as to students enrolled in the school. The board shall cause the parents or guardians of minor students to be notified in advance that the course is to be taught. Any such parent or guardian may direct in writing that the minor child in the care of the parent or guardian may be excused from any class within the course. Any parent or guardian may inspect the instructional materials to be used before or during the time the course is taught. Now that's fascinating because we don't see that in practice now. Uh, Schools hide what they're teaching. They are not very forthcoming with curriculum and they're certainly not in the habit of notifying parents and guardians that a minor child is going to be taught a specific class that could be controversial. Item number three pertains to teacher protection. The district school board shall coordinate the course provided in subsection two of this section with the officials in the local health department and the superintendent of public instruction. Teachers holding endorsements of, for health education shall be used where available. A teacher may not be subject to discipline or removal for teaching or refusing to teach courses concerning sexually transmitted infections. So something that we need to understand is that these laws have been made and then revised. And for example, at the um, conclusion of this latest statute that I just quoted, it says, formerly 336.225. 1977-1973-1993-2005-2019-in-each-one-of-those-years-this-particular-statute-has-been-revised-updated-if-you-will-by-the-legislature-when-I-first-became-involved- In these issues, it was in 1993. A law was passed to teach K-12 education in prevention of the AIDS virus. Kindergarten students were shown an image of two people holding hands. The typical figures that you see on a restroom door. The bottom of the image was the term monogamy. This image, this teaching tool, was shown to kindergarten students. The two figures were both wearing pants. 
In other words, it was two men holding hands and the students were taught about monogamy. And they were taught to wash their hands so that they couldn't get AIDS. Now, what does a kindergartner know about that? What does a kindergartner know about the term monogamy in reference to two men? And certainly they don't know anything about having sex with a, with the same sex partner. So now you're probably asking, well, what does that have to do with me? I live in Ohio or I live in Illinois. I live in Texas. Certainly that doesn't apply to, to us here. Uh, we're in a different state. Well, the law matters in every state. Now, are the laws identical? Probably not, but they're probably very similar because proponents, they have an agenda and they share their ideas across uh, state lines. They share ideas with everybody in the country who thinks like they do. And these are groups like Planned Parenthood, SECUS, the National Education Association, and others. Take a look at our presentations that are featured on the homepage of our website from the Safe Schools Summit. Do some, do some research. Find out what the laws are in your state, and especially uh, if you are a school board member. But if you're not a school board member and you have friendly board members, uh, help them out. Point out these laws. These laws can be uh, used to justify dialing back some of the even more radical practices that are taking place in our schools today. Uh, we tend to uh, overlook the fact that in many cases, our local school districts are breaking state law. That's the point. So whenever a school district recommends change in policy, they should refer, if at all possible, to statute. Because if it's illegal, the schools can't do it. Whether it's CSE, SEL, critical race theory, Black Lives Matter, whatever it is, the policy, the school board policy can stop it in your individual local school districts because school boards have local control. And here's another idea. Ask your school board to pass the Parents' Rights in Education Proclamation. You'll find it, uh, there's a separate page telling you all about it, how to access the proclamation itself, and some uh, suggestions about presenting it to your school board. You can find more information on the homepage of our website. There's an icon, and it is proclaiming November as Parents' Rights in Education Month. Thanks for listening. We'd love to have you join us. Please fill out the form on our website called Join Us. Oh, and one last thing. Would you be willing to support us financially? We are 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. And that means that you can take a tax deduction for any amount you give. I encourage you to join the 12 by 12 club. That's $12 a month for 12 months. If you do that, you will receive a complimentary parent guide as long as supplies last. Go to our website, parentsrightsined.org, and click on the donate button. Thanks so much for joining us and helping us do 
what we do here. This is Suzanne Gallagher, and this is Parents' Rights Now.